How you doing? Welcome back to a tale of three plus one rivals. I am four. your host. Oh, my bad. I did do three plus one, didn't I? Must a tale of two math. plus one rivals. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, back-to-back -back dynasty champion and master of mathematics, Todd FF Banterman Foster, joined by... FF underscore Spaceman, Dave Wright. Happy to be here, guys. We're pumping out the content for you guys. We cannot get enough of this. All right. Who else is here? And I'm on FF underscore Walrus, Sean Kennedy, your third and apparently fourth host. Happy to do double duty here as we're cranking all this out. I'm excited to get into it again. I never claimed to be a math major. Never, never once. But I do know too. Don't you do your own taxes though? This is like becoming concerning. I do. I do do my own taxes. Now I'm thinking about it otherwise. Um, so I'm gonna have to go back and relook at them now. Um, but yeah, no. So gents, all right. You guys want to keep the the juices flowing and just jump into the the next comp, next divisions. Let's go. All right. So for the next two divisions, we're gonna do tonight for for you, the audience. We are going to do the AFC East and the AFC West. So the whole idea of our show today is talking about the free agent frenzy, but we're also going to kind of mix in some things about the teams that we like and possible landing spots for the draft. All right. But the whole idea is really based around looking at the moves that they made uh, either through trade or through signings. So for the AFC East, first team we have up is the team that probably made the biggest splash in the division, and that would be the Bills. By trading for Stefan Diggs. They traded four picks, including a first to get him. Um, guys, Diggs to the Bills. We're all Pats fans. What are we thinking? Sean. Um, yeah, as as a Pats fan, you know, it's not great to see another team getting better pieces as your team gets worse. Um, that's that's never encouraging. But in a vacuum, you know, for the Bills, I think it's great to see that they didn't Bill O'Brien this trade, or that the I guess better the Vikings didn't. And this was actually an equitable trade instead of a laughing stock like that Texans David Johnson one. Um, but Diggs here, I don't, I don't know if I like it for him. I know Dave is a lot higher on Diggs. I'm sure he'll have some juicy things to say, but you know, I think Diggs kind of turned into a huge boom bust guy last year. And I think he was doing that in a pretty reliable offense. And now you're taking him and you're putting him in a really volatile situation. I think his own volatility paired with the volatility of Josh Allen, the volatility of just that offense in general, is really going to produce an uneasy situation for fantasy owners. I personally really like the move. Um, for me, it's not necessarily for the fact that do I like Allen more than Cousins? No, I don't. Not as a passer. But he's he's the clear one now, right? Yeah. And the agreed. one thing that you can say about Allen is, though he is an, not an accurate passer, the guy has a cannon. All right? And if there's one thing that Diggs can definitely do, it's stretch the field and jump and catch the ball. So I like the idea of, if Allen can get a little bit more touch on that ball and get a little more accuracy, Diggs is a nice fit for him, and he's in a nice spot on a very competitive team. <sighs> That's the favorite to take the division. Uh, yeah, that, took a that, hurts. Me to say. that hurts. That hurts. It hurts <laughs> to hear. I mean, we had a great say. run. You can't really <laughs> about that. Yeah, you know? but you don't want it to be over, right? No, you don't. But, you know, I mean, I, you know, I love the landing spot for him particularly. I think um, Diggs has definitely been a guy that I actually feel like he's been so productive, but for some reason, like he doesn't get the respect he deserves. You know, like you look at a guy that if you put his two seasons together, he's probably just under averaging just under 1100 yards, um, probably around like seven, eight TDs, you know? So, I mean, last year, his, um, he had 63 catches, but he was averaging almost 18 yards a catch, you know? So he's an explosive player, you know? Uh, I know Dave's going to say something about counting stats. I don't really care. But um, I, I just really like the landing spot, and I actually think he's a good fit for Allen. And I know Dave loves Josh Allen, so I'd love to hear his thoughts on this. All right. Uh, Todd, we, I think this is a, a significant divergence of our philosophies here. I think for Diggs, 
I this is a this is a worst case scenario for for Stephon Diggs. Significant downgrade at QB. No real uptake in passing game volume from low passing game volume in Minnesota to low passing game volume in, in Buffalo. And changing teams also is dragging Diggs down. Well, he doesn't have feeling to, to compete for targets with anymore. He still has John Brown, who wasn't a slouch last year. He had a Oh, pretty, my God. John Brown was a good oh player last year. God. I like that take. No, I'm sorry, Todd. He is good. He was good last I'm, year. I'm, I'm, I'm not listening to John Brown. All right, sure. Year. Whatever, Todd. You can hate him all you want. Diggs, if you look at how the Minnesota offense worked last year, it basically whoever got the most volume out of the slot had the biggest week, um, had the biggest fantasy week. One week, if Diggs had the more fantasy um, uh, targets out of the slot, Diggs went off. Thielen, Thielen went off. Well, Cole Beasley t- had saw 71% of the targets from the slot last year. I'm not saying that Cole Beasley is, go- is going to muscle Stephon Diggs out there, but do you trust the co- the the coaching staff in Buffalo to deploy Diggs in the correct manner? I don't know. I love Diggs, and I hate to say this now. He was my he was very high on him. He is now my wide receiver 26 in Dynasty. He's DLF wide receiver 17. Jo- Josh Allen, <clears throat> great fantasy quarterback. Diggs is a technician. He is a route running. He's probably one of the better route runners in this league. Well, if uh, what does route running prowess have to do with anything if you can't accurately throw the ball anywhere? Josh Allen is an accurate passer. People say he's good at throwing the ball deep. Uh, he's one of the worst deep ball percentage throwers out there. He's actually improved in short passing game last year. People say, well, he got better this year, Dave. You know, Why are you hating on Josh Allen so much? Yeah, well, you know, if you're in the absolute historically bad passing passer and you make a Upgrade to just, you know, just horrific. Not You're not just like all-time worse anymore. Yeah, that's an upgrade, but it's still bad. Josh Allen was a bad passer. Great fantasy quarterback, but he's a bad quarterback. So, I do not like this for Stephon Diggs. Okay. One, I think you're overcomplicating it. I think, one, it's Diggs is it. I'm sorry. John Brown is not Adam Thielen. He's not going to, I mean, Diggs didn't even have 100 targets last year. Right? He's not going to need to fight off John Brown. Diggs is the alpha. Walking in there, no doubt. John Brown just hand him his jersey. Okay? So, that you got one, he's got absolute just pecking order over. Two, Allen wasn't that bad when you look at it. He threw <laughs> nine picks, dude. And he had 20 Nine picks TDs. don't mean anything. If you look at his true passer rating, he was one of the worst yeah, players in true passer rating. I, hey, man. They got into the playoffs. The kid actually made a step in the right direction. He didn't Tom, go he didn't back throw the interceptions right Because there weren't even defenders around where his balls were going. Let All alone right. offensive players. Fair enough. I'm trying to defend Josh Allen as a, as a thrower, and it's really hard. So... <laughs> My, my whole thing about it is is that, like, I actually have seen John Josh Allen has done some things that have been good. You know what I mean? They, they were a playoff team. They almost won a playoff game last year. He definitely, his percentages went up. His touchdowns went up. His interceptions went down. Went up I from mean, 50% to, like, 58%. Bravo, sir. Bravo. I mean, it's his second year, man. I mean, my whole thing is that, like, for me, it's all about opportunity. So he doesn't have to fight off anybody else for targets. You know, I mean, if John Brown was so great and you're talking about him being such a bad passer, then why is John Brown relevant? Because John Brown's that good. He was healthy for the first time. Sickle and Stephon Diggs is not? Sickle I'm just saying, well, he's got... So I'm Stephon, just, okay, oh, I'm sorry. So so now he's that good and Stephon Diggs is not? Can the argument be made that Brown was good against expectation? What'd you say, Sean? Brown was good against expectation. What did anybody, what did anybody think he was going to do last year? He was just good. He was just good. I'm saying comparing taking targets from John Brown versus Adam Thielen is a joke. Uh, it's not about taking targets. It's about target yeah, competition. Yeah, it is. It's about target share. It's about target competition. And John Brown is yeah. a decent target competition in a low passing volume offense. Now, I'd rather... It, you, don't, you, don't, you don't think they could change their philosophy having an alpha and a wide receiver now? I mean, yeah, sure. Let's change your let's 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 increase the amount of throws that your inaccurate quarterback can throw. That just sounds like a great idea. All right. I mean, I just personally think that if you're looking to have that QB be your QB of the future, just got you in the playoffs and you're looking to do something, you got to be able to take a shot with it. You know, they got in the playoffs because of their offensive line, their their defense, and. That's how they got into the playoffs. Are, are, are they the favorite out of the division right now? Absolutely. I would place money on the Patriots personally. I'd rather take Jared Sidham. I would take Jared Sidham over Josh Allen. Okay, that's just stupid. No, um, I mean, sure, sure, whatever. But Jared Sidham's a better player. More accurate, can also run, 
Better decision maker. Let's take Jared Stidham. That's not basing off of anything with NFL production whatsoever. Whatsoever. I also watched a that, recent that's, that, high, that, high school clip. That's of all narrative, Stidham. man. That's high all narrative. School clip. Please. Oh my god, high school clips. You're the one who gives me funny people on YouTube. That, that was a go. That was yeah. a go. That was a Get trip. out of here. Alright, I'm done with you. Alright. Alright. God forbid the guy goes somewhere where he can get more targets. Whatever. Alright, Singletary. What do we think about Singletary? I like Singletary. Um, I liked him a lot last year. He did a lot more last year than I thought he was going to, even with Frank Gore there. You know, he kind of yep. muscled in and took some, some in-between-the-tackles work, which I really thought he was going to be relegated to just only a pass catcher. Um, so it'd be really encouraging to see if he can survive the draft without any competition if Buffalo doesn't bring anybody else in. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. I actually think he's done enough to solidify himself as, like, the top running back. I also don't see, like, I think they would be better served from using picks in other places than at running back. So I kind of feel like Delvin Singletary is going to be that. Um, I could see McCoy coming back and, like, spelling him or something like that. Mm. You know, like, so, like, going for the veteran route and then seeing what Singletary does. I don't really see why, if you have a rookie that performs so well and trying to put somebody young behind him, it just I just rather just go the vet route and look at, and look to fill other needs. That so to me I think Singletary's done enough and it's done enough for that I actually would want to put some some capital into him in startups. Dave, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm sitting here thinking, ha, ah, you idiots and your love of Devin Singletary, why are you guys so high on Devin Singletary? And then researching for the show, I looked at my rankings. He's my RB twenty right now and I looked at DLF ADP and he's RB21. So I'm higher than consensus. So I guess I'm the sucker. Um, Dave, you might need that worked in as a uh, 504 accommodation there just to make sure. I, I know. Oh, you actually, that's a good point. Actually, that actually is a good thing we should talk about at the end of the show about how my school nurse called me because someone that's, oh, we'll get into that. But um, so, that's amazing. Um, all. I will say that I'm shocked that I have Singletary higher. I do not want to invest in him at this moment. Because I do, I just I'll disagree with Todd. I think he's he did survive the initial wave of RB free the first couple of waves of RB free agency, which was uh, I thought I couldn't believe Melvin Gordon didn't go there. Um, so I think that was a positive, but I think they are going to to get like I could see an Edo Benjamin, a um, you know some of the like a Cam Akers. I could see all of the I could see a lot of good players going to Buffalo. So running backs, yeah, and that's not the end of that. Doesn't that doesn't spell the end of Devin Singler? I just don't. I just think that just spells the idea of him being the bell cow, like top five in volume kind of. Okay, thing. one. I never said bell cow. No, no. I, I was I was talking <laughs> actually to right. the audience, not to you, and, Todd. I was just talking yeah. to the audience. And I actually have him as my RB twenty three. So I'm pretty much saying he's an RB two in my eyes. Yeah, same here. I can't believe I'm higher than you, Todd. This, I yeah. I feel weird. Yeah, I, I I think I probably are you higher in him than David Montgomery? Um, no, no. Okay. They are back to back. All right, fair. So, anyways, um, so yeah, so that's that with the Bills. All right, the Pats. Ooh, this one's rough. <sighs> Brady's gone, but apparently we have the heir apparent already in Dave's eyes. So, uh, well, I'd I'd rather take Jalen Hurts over Josh Allen too. Let's go. Let's go there. Take that. How about how about that? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, all right, gentlemen. What are we going to do with our lives now that Brady's gone? Personally, for me, I've been preparing for this for a while. I'm just kind of like, you know, the, this day was was coming. I'm just, I love what we were able to see out of him. I love the, the ride. I'm kind of happy to just finally get to deal with the inevitable. <laughs> you know? Like, like the Band-Aids ripped off. Yeah, right. You know? Um, it was funny. I... Sean, didn't didn't I kind of call them signing Brian Hoyer? I think I said I think that. You on did, yeah, I did. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, they're gonna sign Brian Hoyer. He knows the offense, and um, he's gonna push to him a little bit. And when it comes to the draft, um, I don't think they draft a QB this year. Um, I think that from where their draft position is to where their draft position will probably be next year, um, I imagine they'll probably be better served to wait a year. Um, also next year's draft has two phenomenal QBs in it and actually a third that's a little under the radar in Brock Purdy. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. 
Gents, what's your uh, takes on the QB situation with the Pats? I'm just going to jump in here. I think Todd, I understand the the loss of Brady. I just don't think the world is quite falling for Patriots fans. I still think they are they're competitive in this division. That defense is still a good defense. Yes, they lost Kyle Van Noy. Yes, they lost Jamie Collins. Um, traded away backup secondary help, but I still think this defense is going to keep them competitive in this division. Um, and if like if they could go cr- get creative with a with jo- with Jared Sidham r- rushing the ball, um, a run pa- like have a healthier offensive line. I think this. I actually kind of like how Michelle kind of falls in this year. People are really concerned about Damian Harris. Yeah, I think Damian Harris is a good player. I just don't think he's Sony. Sony Michelle didn't have to wait a year and have, take a a, a, tr- a fresh a red shirt year in the NFL. Sony Michelle was good enough to start. Damian Harris wasn't. So I just think that Sony Michelle is a good player, and this offensive line should be healthier this year. Yeah, they lost Dante Scarnecchia. I just, the world's not falling for me. I think this is a boost for Harry because Brady had no trust in him. Love to see Harry this year. I think he showed some flashes and I'm, I'm just, I'm a Harry truther. I will, I will take Harry to the grave. Um, hurts Edelman slightly, but it's not like it's the end of the world for Edelman. Um, yeah, I think it's still a competitive team. I mean, I, I love the fact that you're like, they lost Brady, but that defense still there. Yes, they lost this guy. Yes, they lost this guy. They also lost Danny Shelton, right? Dan- oh, Cry for me, Argentina. Yeah. Danny Shelton's they gone. Danny Shelton. they, they signed lost. Aaron or Aaron or Adam Butler, who's better. So that's I'll take that. They lost Roberts, so like the depth. Oh, there. oh they lost their backup fullback. Uh oh. I mean, they, they, they've lost depth, Dave. I mean, they keep losing and certain they, players. And they got they got the guy at a Brown coming back. I, I I don't know why I can't remember his name. And they also yeah. signed Vitaly or whatever his name is. Hey man, all I'm trying to say is that the day has come where we have to consider that someone's been listening to too much Felger and Naz. The world has not ended. We're we're probably the second best team in the division just because the Dolphins and the Jets are just that pathetic. But um, that we could probably lose even half our starting lineup and probably still be there. But um, I mean, for me, like for the QB situation, because this is a fantasy podcast, um, I personally think that. I don't think Stanham's really seen enough work. I think you're going to see Hoyer through at least the first eight games or so. Um, and also, I see Hoyer being good enough to just be serviceable to hold down the job. Sean, what are your thoughts on the QB situation for the, the Patriots? So I think, I mean, Stidham was atrocious when they did give it to him last year in those few opportunities. I think Hoyer's definitely going to open it, but I don't think it's for eight. I think it's for, like, two Um you know, I'm not on the full Felger and Mass train like Todd is, but I'm also not as optimistic as Dave is. I think they're in a pretty precarious situation right here where they kind of need to nail the draft. And not at the quarterback position, but in these other places where they lost a lot of personnel to really shore things up to maybe have a rocky 2020, but really come out strong in 2021. So I think that does give them the flexibility to see what Stidham can do. You know, after week three, maybe turn it over to him and just... Hey, if the kid goes, you know, ten and two, ten and three, awesome, we got our guy. And if he goes three and ten, well, we tried. And they can kind of maneuver and you know. So get themselves so in. so so how am I Felger and Mass before we go any further? You just the world is ending, Todd. The Patriots dynasty. No 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 no. Literally, Sean just said they'll go three and ten. I just said we're not the best team in the division next year. That's I all. I said if they go three and ten. I didn't say they were going three and ten. Well, if they, you just talked about the possible reality of it. Well, everything's a possible reality, Todd. There's a possible reality that we're living in a computer simulation. Is that That's really fair. what we're here to dive we, into? Is this the Matrix? <laughs> if this Paul, is the Matrix, they yeah. need to fire everybody and get new coders. My, things my aren't point going is, great. is I don't really think 2020 is the year where you're going to find it. I don't think Sid Ham's the QB of the future. I could definitely be wrong. I think Hoyer's going to be the guy coming out as a starter, and I think the QB, whoever they're going to find in 2021, is going to be the QB starter for the Pats going forward. That's my Todd, guess. Todd, I you know what? I won't disagree with you that I don't I'm not saying that Stidham's the future. I just trust BB to pick the next player. Yeah, I I just don't see it. So that's just kind of the whole thing with that. So anyways, you guys move on to the next team? Dolphins? Alright. So um I actually like a move with the Dolphins. I actually really like Jordan Howard there a lot. Um the reason I like Jordan Howard there a lot is that you could probably get him at the end, so in a redraft league. You can get him probably at the end of your draft, and then he'll probably play well for first five or six weeks, and you can trade him. You know, so he'll probably service you well. But that's Jordan Howard's like the perfect example of a guy that you try to get out with. You know, 
which is what I did in our dynasty week last year. Like he played a couple of good weeks and I traded him to J pal. So, um, you literally find like where that guy like might have that dip and then you try to move on, you know, but Jordan Howard always finds life and he always has good weeks. So I like him, uh, as a late draft pick for, um, I mean, I guess you can even do it in startups too for dynasties as somebody just to kind of get out, get you some wins in the early part and then see what you can get for him later on. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on Jordan Howard? Yeah, I, I like him there. Um, and, you know, I think he might have some more viability beyond even what you just said, Tyx, just because yeah. I think, you know, they're a team they exceeded expectations last year because there were no expectations and that's not hard to exceed. But, you know, they, they should be poised to take some big steps this year as they kind of find their groove a little bit more. Their culture continues to expand. Some of their other guys that were developing, like Gesicki and Parker, really start to take the leap, and that spreads the field a little bit more. You know, Howard can catch a little bit, too. Out yep. of backfield, which is good. So I think, you know, he could have more viability just beyond a dangle piece. I I th- just overall from an organizational standpoint in this division, I just like where Brian Flores is taking this team. People want yep. him to tank for Tua, and they still might land Tua this year, but that was the idea. Oh, they're going to be the worst team in the league. They, scr- they had probably one of the worst talented teams to start the season, and then they Put some people off practice squads. They signed some free agents. Really coached up that team, and that's just a really, just a, it just feels like a really sound coaching um, job by Brian Flores. That makes me think that I like where this organization is headed. Um, I love the moves they made defensively, and they have a ton of picks in this draft. Like I think, well, they have three first round picks. Yep. Um, I think they spend those all on offense. I think they. I would love to yep. see them burn two on defense or on offensive line. And then pick, you know, I'd hopefully, I'd love to see Tua land there or one other offensive line and then one, and then at some other point, pick up a, a Swift or a Taylor. That, and when you say you love Jordan Howard, yes, Jordan Howard's a very good deal right here. I think he's a, still relatively cheap to acquire in Dynasty. So that's what makes him attractive. Um, I just, for some reason in my head, I just have an idea of DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor or J.K. Dobbins. It doesn't it just is storybook to me, and that means it's not going to happen. That means I'm disappointed on draft day. But um, it just I, and I think I even think, with those guys, there you, you, Jordan Howard finds finds himself some work in the beginning of the year for oh, sure. Sure, oh, sure. I I mean, at that point, Todd, you could say anything to me at that point. I'm just clicking my heels. I'm on cloud nine. So, um, <laughs> pre, I mean, I just like the idea of two of their skill position players. Preston Williams is interesting. Kasiki is interesting. I'm still holding out for Albert Wilson. I like barely by a thread. Um, Fitzpatrick has it just he injects some life into that as a maybe a hopefully a young QB comes in there. Um, I just really like where the Dolphins are headed, and this is a team people always are looking to like. Oh, they say I want my players on good offenses. I think this is a decent time to acquire some very cheap players, and in a year or two, we could be talking about the Dolphins building a high or mm-hmm. at least a a good fantasy offense. So this is a good time to go and get them before the prices go up. I can actually agree with that. Um, trying so, to be ahead of the curve. That's all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying it's for sure. Just trying to be ahead of the curve. Absolutely. Um, I would say, um, so the three guys that would be targets right now for that team would probably be Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Gusecki. All right? Todd, I, I, in my draft I was just doing, the mock draft, Devontae Parker went um, 9.04. That's a pretty freaking good value for Devontae Parker. Who I, I like that. I So... I pretty much like all of those guys where they're coming out. Um, if I had to pick the guy I like the most out of that offense for like for value standpoints, I actually like Kaseki. Um I think Kaseki's got all the ability and talent and opportunity to be, I, I don't even know what his ceiling could be, like possibly even top five if he just got the volume, you know? But he's a crappy enough blocker where he doesn't get have to stay in for blocking. So he's no, I mean, all the time. I, I, and I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care how you block. I'm playing fantasy football. You know what I mean? So like for me, it's, um, I, I just really like what, cause he's, he's so low for, as a draft pick, you know, I do like Preston Williams a lot. I think he was showing some real promise before he got hurt, but Devonte Parker finally found it what he needed to do. So I think those are all three guys that are absolutely good targets to go after. Sean, any thoughts? Yeah, I think, like you just to echo what you said, they're all worth going after. But I think for me, the biggest buy is Williams. You know, I think he really flashed last year. Um, Gasecki's been a little slower to develop. He's shown some 
some good things here and there. Uh, and tight ends are notoriously slow. But Williams really kind of popped right out of the gate before hurting his knee. He was good. He was really coming along. He kind of had the makings of like a really good kind of low-end wide receiver too in his rookie season. I think Parker has just been such a fantasy tease for years. Like he's sending you the shoulder pictures, but there's really nothing else coming after that. <laughs> and I love that. you know, last last year was good, and last year Parker was great, and maybe you know he's just yet another victim of the Adam Gase effect, but maybe he just sinks back into the Devontae Parker that we've come to know and hate in the other years of his career. So I think for me, I'd rather buy the upside of Williams than run the risk on Parker being the Parker we knew. So 1,200 yards and nine TDs doesn't, does it influence you that that's not, that's not real? No, that's, that is, that is very real. I'm just saying based on his it's, history. It sounds like he gave us a little more than a shoulder last year, either, uh, Sean. Hey, don't put that Devontae Parker hate on me, Todd. That's oh, all, Sean. Sorry, it's a slip. I'm so used to it. Um, yeah, so are you trying to tell me Devontae Parker is less valuable than Preston Williams? No, I'm just telling you who I would rather pay for. Okay. As a who, purely value standpoint, you'd yeah, rather... from a value standpoint, I'd rather... Who, who's the wide receiver one, though? Well, we don't have a full season of data to analyze yet, Todd. I'm not falling back <laughs> into this argument with you. You've already conceded <laughs> the point to me. I won't play this game. Just wanted to try to play. All right. We like them all. <laughs> so, no, but I really like Preston Williams. So, if you actually have to put me, like, in buying uh, mode, I'd probably go Gusecki, Preston, Parker. Just oh, because. Huh. Well, my whole thing is I think Preston's price is better than Parker's. I think you can get Preston much cheaper than you can get Parker right now. That's that's my point. You know? Yeah. So You're living in a world where Gusecki could be a top five tight end at the end of this season. That's No, like... no, no, no. I don't say that. I'm saying that I could see that being his ceiling. If you don't be... think he could finish the season a top five quarterback with Tua? Oh, oh. oh no, no. I Are you saying like as if – I thought you were asking if I'm predicting that. I oh, said, no, no. I'm just no. saying – I just think it's – I just think yeah. if as a – with, you know, people who bought – because people were really down on Gusecki last no. year, right? Um, it... I bought him really low. Um, he he, him way, he way did it. Low. He, he, he did enough – his his profile athletically, his production was enough for me to think that wise. I mean, I could totally see it happening if, I mean, the problem is is like honestly, I actually kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but like he would need a a QB to be able to make him that, you know. So um, yeah, I mean, the other thing too is like with a tight end like that, like you're saying, like tight ends take longer to develop, and I think it's like he started showing like that breakout potential next year. So yeah, I think this the ceiling for Gusecki is pretty significant, you know? Another guy that I'm really upset whose team he's on in our league. So, um, yeah. So, anyways. All right, you guys want to move on to the Jets? I mean, I guess we yeah. have to, but... It's yeah. The, the worst... One of the worst franchises in pro sports. Yeah, so... Why don't we just do this uh, fast? So, Robbie Anderson walked. They replaced him with Josh Doxson. Home run. Great. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't cut it with the Redskins. Moving on. Could he be a Devontae Parker, a late-age breakout? No. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Brashawn Perryman. Does anybody care? Bueller? Uh, Bueller? No, nobody cares. Uh, extended Ryan Griffin. I actually like that signing because I just like Ryan Griffin. You know? Um, I just really upset that he's a Jet. I think it does... Um, it does hurt the uh, hurt intruders. Get out of here! I'm still a believer, baby. He is good. It just it's just gay sucks the life out of anything that is good and unholy in this He's world. He's a succubus. Yeah, that's, a succubus. that's actually a great term. Succubus. He is a succubus. He is a succubus. All right. So um, I don't even know what that means, but I like it. All right. So since you there's never saw nothing. That South Park? No. Oh, you won't be disappointed. Todd, I, Go watch it. Since... Todd, I will disagree with you. There's nothing to talk about here. I actually, I. I think this this Jets organization. I I get upset when I if I was a Jets fan, just putting myself in their shoes. I'm upset for this organization. They drafted a good quarterback in Sam Darnold, in my opinion. They surrounded him with terrible talent, a bad offensive line, one of the youngest quarterbacks, had a great talent coming at USC, and they just are not giving him a chance. They're probably ruined his career. He's like faking mono, so he doesn't have to get behind that freaking offensive line. <laughs> um, you seen ghosts? No, absolutely none of this gives any fantasy takes. So so <laughs> just my point. No, but my point is 
people are high <laughs> so on there's Sam Darnold. nothing Darnold's... to talk about. People are, are high on Sam Darnold Superflex. They think he yeah. has a lot of upside. He's a buy low for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I'm saying this Jets rotation sucks. He has ruined Sam Darnold for us. Sucks, 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 sucks. Since okay. we're going off on tangents, can I ask a question about Adam Gase? Yeah. How does him Taco-wise? working with Peyton Manning make him a quarterback whisperer? Ask Matt Nagy. Okay. Like, <laughs> fix, fix Jameis Winston. Make Marcus Mariota yeah. good. I love that. Then you're I... a quarterback whisperer. Take somebody who's not good and make them good. Well, Making somebody Honestly, who's good, not if you're, bad, doesn't if make you, you a quarterback coach whisperer. With Peyton Manning, he made you a better coach. Yeah. It's not the other way around. He you know? coached you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm already trying to figure out when his nephew is going to be in the league so I can trade for his pick like eight years early. So, um, yeah. So, anyways. So, the, the one, one guy. T- sorry. The one fantasy take. The one fantasy take. Yep. Jameson Crowder. I think he's a valuable late round flyer in Dynasty. Love Jameson mm-hmm. Crowder. Especially if you're PPR. Just for volume. Just, I think he would. Yeah. He's he's attracted to me, and he's, I think he has a real connection a real connection with Sam Darnold. He's per, he's the perfect like wide receiver fit to Darnold's game. He was finally healthy. He was finally yep. healthy, and he produced. Yep. Well, here's the other thing, actually. I think there's one other relative fantasy take, and this is a guy that I'm high on because of how low on most people are, and that's Le'Veon Bell. And the reason I'm high on Le'Veon Bell is that it looks like he's around a mid-RB2 these days. And what are your guys' takes on Le'Veon Bell before I get to go first? I'm not going near him. Not going near him. He sucks the fun out of everything. That's... (laughs) <laughs> Wait, I do or Le'Veon Bell does? Well, but, well, both. Sean, no, I actually like you, Sean, but oh, no, okay, Gase does. Um, I mean, the thing about it is with Le'Veon Bell is to me, is like, I get that. I mean, to me, I could see some positive regression going there. I I just kind of just... He, what else does he have, you know? Like, a thousand yards isn't out of touch. Like, the, like he only had three TDs last year. I could definitely see that improving. So to me, like him as like a mid RB two versus like what his ceiling could be, like I, I just like the price, you know. Like Le'Veon Bell was like a top three back, like not even two seasons ago. You know what I mean? So I like the idea of him being like a good buy low as your second RB. Am I gonna pick him over like a wide receiver that I like as a wide two with upside? No, I'm not. But if Le'Veon Bell slipping in my drafts, I would like him at a certain spot. Would you take him or Drake? Oh, Drake. Drake, absolutely. Redraft Dynasty, I'll take Drake. I just, I just like Drake more, anyways. You know. Um, but my point being is that, like, that's most people would say that at this point. So I'm just saying that Le'Veon Bell just keeps sliding. You know what I mean? Um, I would take him over James Conner. You know, James Conner kind of like is in the similar situation, but Le'Veon Bell has done more for me to have faith in him, you know? So, I don't know. I like Le'Veon Bell as a, as a buy low and redrafts. If you're looking to get him in a dynasty week, you're doing something wrong, you know? But, um, yeah, I just I just like the the price tag on Le'Veon Bell late as an RB2. Dave, nothing? Uh, no, you guys did it. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, he's just... He's just not that exciting. I think he's a he's just not exciting. I think he'll he'll put out. It's an extremely unsexy pick, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah, you know. And I mean, I'm sure he's doing great during this this very dull time, putting out rap albums and 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 everything. So I'm sure he's really, really, um, oh, you know, doing everything he's supposed to be doing. To I never, I, I haven't really thought about Le'Veon Bell in a quarantine. I would have to retake, rethink my take. <laughs> I really hadn't been thinking about that. Yeah. All right. All right, Chargers. So, big deal in the Chargers is Melvin Gardner leaves, and they pay the better back big money. So, Austin Eckler's four years, $24.5 million, 15 guaranteed. All right? So, without Gordon, and PPR finishes, he finishes RB2, RB4, RB18, and RB4. He's currently the RB21. Gentlemen, Austin Eckler, how are we feeling about him? Dave, why don't you start us off? Oh, well, oh goodness. Austin Eckler, um, I think, so he's my RB18, he's the RB16 in um, DLF ADP. I think he's the end of an RB tier for me. I think this is where I 
like RB18 range is where I stop targeting RBs necessarily um, because I'm not confident in what they're going to get in the NFL draft for competition-wise. Um, I do think Rivers moving on hurts him because Rivers was really good of, of jumping off in the backfield and targeting running backs at the mm-hmm. backfield. Um, but he does represent an end of an RB tier for me. I love that they invested in him and put some money into him. I'm surprised he didn't get a little bit more, actually, financially, but I'm happy that they showed some commitment to him. I do think he does get some kind of RB competition from the draft, uh, like an Eno Benjamin or maybe maybe more of a bruiser like a um, – who's the, the back of the BC there? Um, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. I could see that kind of grinder to compliment Eckler or a, or a Moss even. Um, but overall, I, I like Eckler. I think he's an exciting player, and he's a guy that I've always been high on. I think he was underrated. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry I traded him too early. I traded him too early everywhere. I have a fun A.J. Dillon story, actually. I saw him play in high school. I saw him play for Lawrence Academy. And uh, he at that time, he had committed to Michigan. And I was like, I got to go see this kid five minutes down the road and went to Michigan. He was running down the left sideline. He stiff-armed two kids and just didn't break stride. I'm like, oh, that's impressive. But at one point, I swear, he was running. And he grabbed, like, the kid instead of stiff-arming the kid, without breaking stride, threw the kid across his chest in mid-run, and then scored a 25-yard touchdown. My wife is even impressed. I'm like, that guy's going to the NFL. So that was the first time I ever saw A.J. Dillon play. But I think he's a perfect fit. Scouting that young talent, Todd. Hey, man, five minutes down the road, going to Michigan? Doesn't happen, Central Mass, too often. No, I I think think (laughs) he's a a size-speed specimen. But I just think the Chargers... I think he's a perfect fit for with Eckler. I like that a lot, you know? Um, I love Austin Eckler, man. He just passes eye test with me. Like PPR beast, um, he's a hard runner. He's a good pass blocker. He literally does everything. He, he's I. I think I like Austin Eckler more as an actual football player than a fantasy player. But um, I I would be thrilled to have him as my second uh, running back. I definitely have him higher than RB twenty one. Sean, what do you what do you think on Eckler? Yeah, I think he, I think he's higher than RB twenty one, but I don't know by how much like I'd say definitely a mid wide receiver two is his max just because I don't see him as a full-time guy I mean I know they gave him the money if they gave him 15 guaranteed um, so they're invested in him for at least a couple of years but just to echo Dave I think they're bringing somebody in to kind of be that more behind the tackles guy and I want have... him getting 15 touches a game that's kind of like and he you will. Know, I would I would say even less I'd he say will. like 10 to 12 yeah, I just that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think he's a type of player. He does not need high volume. Um, yeah, that's all. Over the last three seasons, he's getting more points off touches than most running backs. I just yeah, saw he's uber, yeah. uber efficient. Yeah. So the other thing about him too is, is like, let's say somebody does come in and starts doing some sort of like a high share on the on the on carrying the ball versus catching it. That's where his value comes in. His his floor is the fact that you're essentially drafting a wide receiver. Team. So you think they could, even if they bring somebody in, they could end up in like a uh, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, yeah. 2017-2018 kind of split. Absolutely. Eckler's a discount Alvin Kamara. That's what he is. Yep. Right. Yep, I, absolutely. I get on board with that take. Like yeah, that. and then the other thing too about that is too, is when you think about it, he's the reason why Mike Williams went nowhere <laughs> in my mind. Because he took all Mike Williams' touches, you know? And he should have because he did something with them, you know? So, um, I they paid Eckler for a reason. Eckler is a Swiss Army knife of a back. And they're going to put him on the field. And they're going to use him. And I'm, yeah, I have him as my RB17. And that's including wow, rookies. We are, we, yeah, same here, Todd. So, we are right on, Todd. I'm RB18, you're RB17. So, we're yeah. right on. I actually had him just 18 a second ago. I'm like, I like him more than Mac. I just moved him. So, <laughs> uh, so we were on the same ball for a second. And the other thing about this team, too, is is that, um, I mean, the the line is just so much better. Like, they made two big moves and like, you know, shutting up the tackles and the guard. Um, you know, I felt those are much better moves than going for Brady. Uh, for long term and then obviously tagging like hunter henry's a big move so do you guys have any worries about hunter henry's a tight end one with tyron taylor though sean what are your thoughts no i think um i i mean i also don't think tyrod's gonna end up being the qb but 
I think even if he is or they bring somebody in, I think Hunter Henry's got a proven enough track record. You know, I think Williams isn't necessarily a volume guy. Um, Keenan Allen is, but he's on and off the field. I think Henry. I think Henry's still going to carve out a big chunk for himself next year and still be good. Right. I think the tight end pool is just so shallow. There's no problem at all with Henry being a tight end one, and he's probably going to end up as like a, a mid, like a, like a number seven would be my, my right. guess. So I just have to say there's not too many people where they ask me a Hunter Henry question and then I automatically devolve back into a Josh Allen response because that's how much the hate runs deep with me. Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. He performed better <laughs> with less talent than – then uh, Josh Allen did. Go back and look at the stats. Everyone, everyone, go back, look at the stats, compare them with, a, with the inferior offense. Josh, I, I like Tyrod Taylor. Taylor so. Tyrod Taylor performed better. So do I like Hunter Henry? Yes. Do I wish he didn't injure much as much? Yes. Um, does losing Philip Rivers hurt him? Yes. But I still like Hunter Henry. And I think Tyrod Taylor is a is has been disrespected. And I think Buffalo wished him out of town when he's a better player than Josh Allen. I hope Tyrod Taylor takes the pa- takes the Chargers to the playoffs just for the I would I would be I would buy a Tyrod Taylor jersey if that happened. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I just love me some Tyrod Taylor. And I think he he's a great deep ball thrower. He he's a vertical passer. He can rush. I don't think I think that's a great fallback plan for that offense. That's a good defense. Screw you, Josh Allen. I love you, Tyrod. <laughs> I so I also love Tyrod Taylor, but I think we can all agree that this is an amazing landing spot for the draft and yes, yes, yes. for for QB. But for me particularly, I like the landing spot because of Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is not the long-term solution here, all right? But Tyrod Taylor also doesn't have to make anybody rush into a start, which can actually hurt a quarterback more in a lot of situations. So um for for QB landing spots, I think that if Tua were to slip because of injury worries, this is a perfect spot for Tua. Um, I don't know if I'm the Dolphins. I want to take Tua with the, with the injury worries. But if I'm San Diego and he's sitting there, I- I'll take Tua. I think what's going to make Tua slide more than anything is that these injuries were undisclosed. Right. I think teams could get themselves over the injuries. I think it's the dishonesty that's going to scare them off most. What dishonesty is there with Tua? They had this report that came out the other day that there was these undisclosed wrist injuries that yep. nobody knew about that came up in his recent failed physicals. Failed yeah. physicals. Oh, just like oh my god, this is a smear campaign to have that the charges are putting out there so he falls to him. Well, then, the Dave, this is Dave. like well documented, and not to mention we live in, a, in in an era where it's not like people are clamoring to ha- like get together to prove things wrong. I just saw <laughs> two on his pro day tear it up. He threw, he threw the ball with force. He is one of the most prolific passers of the ball to come oh. in college football since Andrew Luck. Hey. He is a supreme player. Injuries are not a concern for me. Give me some Tua. Stop the slander. Not worry about injuries. I think he should I think he's better than Joe Burrow. I think but except as a QB, but I will take Joe Burrow and him over fancy because Joe Burrow's rushing upside. Okay. One, he definitely was better than Joe Burrow before the injuries. Right, so two, I do think that the injuries are pretty significant at this point. I mean, one of the injuries were just not so long ago was a career-ending injury, and then you have another thing on top of it, which would be a wrist injury. Right? I'm just saying, like, I I would I still think two is worth the risk, right? But I do think that the injuries are a legit concern. The Dolphins have a lot of first round picks in the next couple of drafts where they can they can say if they say if Tua just absolutely flames out this year, they can afford to just do the whole Josh Allen thing all over or Josh Rosen thing all over again and like Arizona did and say, Oh, we screwed up and then take up a better take Trevor Lawrence or something. Okay, that's a they fair don't even take. Need to. They already have Josh Rosen. Yeah, exactly. It's like, could you imagine Josh Rosen's in the exact yeah. same thing again? Where they're like, "Oh, we drafted first round quarterback again yeah. to replace you," and then, "Oh, we're gonna have the same thing right. play over again." The universe must hate that kid. <laughs> Kenny, do you have any thoughts on QBs with San Diego? Yeah, I think I think whoever they take is in probably the best landing spot that they could be in. Um, obviously, you know Cincinnati going one, Burrow, AJ Green—that's really awesome. But I think. 
this is the most complete team of teams that are looking for a quarterback. Yeah. And this is probably the best spot to end up. And I think, I mean, I'm buying everything you're selling on Tyrod. I think he's great too. I think Buffalo did him dirty. But, you know, Rex Ryan going to do Rex Ryan things. Yep. Do you guys agree that um, overall the skill position players are a little bit of a downgrade with Philip Rivers leaving and the rookie QB coming in? Or uh, something else? Do you like, like Keenan Allen, do you th- like, don't you think Philip Rivers helps Keenan Allen? No. So I, you... I, I, I think Keenan Allen is probably one of the most underrated wide receivers in football. And okay, you know who said, just... you knew who says that more than anybody? The cornerbacks. Uh, as I was say, I haven't seen Keenan Allen <laughs> an awful lot too on Twitter. But no, um... cor- go, like, a lot of quarterbacks have come out and said how good he is and how good he I, is at running I do rounds. like Keenan. Don't get me wrong. I like Keenan. I'm just yeah. saying, I just think that Philip Rivers, that that's a downgrade. People are really down to Philip Rivers. He, they had a poor offensive line last year. And I think that had a lot to do with how much of a fall-off he had. And eh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Keenan Allen's an elite wide receiver. I, I, to me, he's going to be productive. I mean, it would need to be like a situation where you're getting like nobody. Like Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback. All right? Let's just not cut it any way. Like Tyrod Taylor can be a – can make – can keep Keenan Allen good, you know? Okay. All and right. then whoever they were going to get – I mean, whether it be Herbert or Tua, those are still two really good prospects. You know what I mean? So, like, to me, I, I like, again, I don't think it's a rookie quarterback playing much this year. I think Tyrod's good enough to keep the job, but somebody develop behind him, and they could make playoffs, no problem. You know? Right. No, I just, that's how I came about it, but I'm, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Sean? Um, I think it's a slight downgrade, but not a ton. Like, you know, yeah. if you're talking about ranking spots, maybe it's one or two. Nothing really too crazy. But I also, I think, I got to disagree on the Tyrod take because I think Anthony Lynn's got some pressure on him. And I think they're going to take somebody, what, they're number six, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to take somebody with the sixth pick. I think pressure's going to be on to roll that kid out and to get him started. Because I think if Anthony Lynn decides to resist that and start Tyrod all year and let Justin Herbert or whoever it's going to be sit, and then they fall short, he's toast. Everyone's going to look at him and say, what the hell were you doing? You should have started the kid. You should have started the kid. Now look what happened. We got nowhere. I'm starting the kid. He's probably not going to be – he's not probably he's gonna right. not going to be the, the coach anymore because you've already sucked that much. I think my point is, Sean, I think Tyrod's going to be good enough where they don't – he doesn't have to worry about that, you know? And what I mean by good enough, they're going to win. They're, they're going to be a winning football team when Tyrod Taylor is a starting quarterback. And I think the biggest thing about that is – it, we're going to think about, oh, wow, look, Tyrod's so good. That's how much better they made this line. Like, this line was atrocious before this offseason. And now they just added two Pro Bowlers, you know? So, like, that's that's a significant, like, it, you'd have to be a really bad quarterback not to be able to do well with this offense now. And they're probably going to continue to improve that, that line with the draft, you know? So, to me, like... You still have like phenomenal. You have weapons at wide receiver, weapons at tight end. You have a weapon at running back. Like your lines, your lines in, in good shape. Tyrod Taylor is a is a, is a vet. He's he's one. Like Dave already talked about all the different things he can do. I to me, it's like I don't think that Lynn's gonna be arrogant enough that if he's not doing well enough to put in the kid, I just think Tyrod's gonna be good enough to keep the job. You know, let's just say there's not too many podcasts out there that'll drop five minutes on Tyrod Taylor. Let hats off to us. <laughs> Let, giving up for freaking Tyrod Taylor. That's yeah, awesome. Let's, let's, do, it. let's yeah. do it. Let's do this. I, hey man, I'm I'm all about buying Tyrod Taylor and Superflex as a, as a, as a QB too. All day. I mean, the time was to pick him up off of waivers before this all happened, but yeah. Yeah, you can still trade for him now. I mean, hey, post draft, post draft, you can go trade for him, and you probably get him cheap. Cheap, cheap, yeah, if they cheap, draft cheap. a running a wide receiver and you want like four. No, five I'm saying if they draft sure. a quarterback. I, mean, I meant quarterback. I meant quarterback. Sorry. Yeah. I mean quarterback. Yeah. Absolutely, man. All right. So um, let's get back to. Uh, so we'll talk to the Raiders. So uh, the the Raiders sound Marcus Mariota is is Derek Carr. I almost said David. We know David Carr is done. Um, it's <laughs> so they sound Marcus Mariota. Is Derek Carr done? Sean, you just drafted Derek Carr in our uh, in our Superflex draft. What are you thinking? Not a lot. 
Uh, that certainly wasn't by design. That was unfortunately being caught at the end of a quarterback run that I thought I was going to be able to outlast, but <laughs> it very much went against me. What uh, league is this, guys? It was our redraft league. The um, the leisure we walked down, we just did last. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep, yeah, yeah. Sean drafted Derek Carr, and I actually thought it was an auto pick. Yeah, so. yeah. So I didn't feel good about that by any means whatsoever. Um, but I don't think Mariota is really any threat to Carr. I think John Gruden is a tinkerer, and I think he, you know, I think this is similar to Bortles landing with the Rams. It's flashy for a second, but ultimately, who cares? It's going to be something to see if the coach can kind of turn him around. If he gets some play time, flip him for something, maybe. Um, but I think the biggest risk to Carr is them going to get somebody new. It's not Mariota. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I have some thoughts, but I'm actually going to go on a limb here and let Dave go first, and I'm probably going to agree. So, Dave, go ahead. Marcus Mariota is Jesus reincarnated. Um, okay, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think Carr gets the first chance, but I think he's got a a very um, very unsettled position as a very loose grip on that quarterback position. John Gruden, if you guys remember during John Gruden's QB, QB camp, um, gushed and gushed and gushed about Marcus Mariota. Um, I think there's a real love affair there. I would love to see that romance bloom into a, a, a um, QB one dynasty or a QB or top 12 QB season for Marcus Mariota. But um I think this is just. I think this is one of the best case scenarios for a non-starting QB position for Mariota. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, we had another signing. Actually, just, so I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I love Mariota. I want him to. I want him to succeed. So, um, I'm always going to believe Mariota, even though he might not even warrant it. To be honest, um, they signed Jason Witten. Does this mean anything to Waller? No, nothing at all. It hurts Moreau. That's about it. Definitely hurts Moreau. And that's a guy they guys, like. Have you heard anything about Moreau? Moreau had a what could have been his injury has been very. People thought it was really severe. They just have been nothing. Have you guys heard anything about Moreau's injury? Nope, I haven't heard much about it at all. So I'm just curious. Because, I mean, it could have been really, really yeah. bad. I I just don't know. I haven't heard much about it. So uh, does anybody care that they signed Nelson Aguilar? No, I'll take that as a no. No. Yeah, so now Nelson Aguilar has now gotten mentioned on two podcasts and has a total of 25 seconds, including the 15 seconds it took me to explain that. Um, yeah. There were three grunts, that's about it. <laughs> so they're definitely going to bring in a wide receiver, correct? You guys think yeah, so? I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Prime landing spot for Ju- Judy, Higgins, Ruggs, that's, that seems like we're, that's a did, spot for them. Did you say Ruggs? I'm just saying, you know, they love speed out there. The old, you, the old, Ruggs? Um, the Raider, the Raiders love them some speed. If Ruggs ended up with the Raiders and that kind of draft capital, would he go up your board, Dave? Would he be higher than 11, which is blasphemous? Yeah, he could probably be. I, I think the highest he could make it is wide receiver eight or nine. Oh, God, you're ridiculous. All right. So, yeah, definitely put on a landing spot for, for a wide receiver. All right. The Denver Broncos. Um, you know, luck is going to come in there. I love me some Cortland Sutton, but the big thing coming in there is signing Melvin Gordon. I love this contract, by the way. Two years, 16 mil. That's that's solid contract. Um, I was beyond surprised by this signing because obviously with Lindsey and Freeman, they look pretty good at running back. Um, he, he's got to be the bell cow, right? Uh, anybody feel differently, Sean? No, I think they brought him in to be exactly that. I think, I think it was a bold move. You know, I think everyone yeah. gets caught up in the uh, sunk cost fallacy, and they are just proving that you know they took Freeman. Freeman was what a third round pick, I think. Never he got dinged up. Never really had a chance to fully shine, and they just said whatever and moved on. Um, so hats off to them for that. I think it's great. I think Gordon's going to be fantastic there he's got a ton of versatility which is what they need yep you know i think he's kind of he's kind of a hybrid of freeman and Lindsay. he takes both of their better qualities and well maybe he only does them 80 percent as well as the two of them you're getting all that in one person and the viability yeah. that gives your offense is just amazing dave i think this is a problem like a really 
uh, probably one of the best, better case scenarios for Melvin Gordon. I bet he's literally kicking himself of all the Chargers deals he's turned down over the years. I'm sure he got better deal than two years and however many he got with them. So that being said, I think it what it does is it just it just is a a nuclear. It just kills the value for Lindsey and Freeman. Um, and Gordon's going to get a lot of opportunity, and that offensive line keeps getting better. So, yeah, and a Drew Lock. I mean, I, I think that people. I don't. This is. Oh, I can't believe I'm going down this narrow street, but yeah, a very stable bell cow running back could help a, a young QB, right, guys? Indeed. Um, I I love this. I I think that Melvin Gordon still has got a lot left in the tank. I think that pretty much the the holdouts and everything are probably going to help him with his longevity. So um, I, I, I like him in this offense. I like him in that role. Um, I like him as a, as a high RB2. Um, if there's anything I could ask for in life, it's for Philip Lindsay to get traded. Because I really like Philip Lindsay. I've become a fan, and I really think that he could be a feature back in a good offense. Now, not a bell cow, you know, just that first, second down back, and then trying to find somebody to spell him in the third role. And... Um, I mean, Dave made a good point. We were talking about this for a recording that their contracts are so cheap that why would you even consider to do that when you have, when you when you have all that depth, like when you even you need depth of the running back. To me, I just look at Lindsay and I say to myself, "This is a piece that I have that I could move to get a piece that I need." You know, like he's good enough of a player to be able to move something to go get a significant starter somewhere else. Um, Sean, any thoughts on Freeman and Lindsay with the with the, the Gordon signing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Freeman more than Lindsay's value just took a huge whack there. Um, I would love to see either of them get traded. If I was the Broncos, I kind of think maybe I'd be shopping one of them, maybe picking up the phone with Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or you know, or Detroit. We kind of got into carry on Johnson before, and you know, they need somebody to work in with him. Um, but I I see Dave's argument. I see that they're you know Lindsay cost them nothing freeman cost them a little bit more but still basically nothing and i think if we're talking about flexibility that gives you enough there to justify keeping them you know the money you can spend elsewhere versus the extra pick you acquire or whatever gordon has dealt with lower body injury so it's not like he's i mean not that he i wouldn't say he's like a huge injury concern but he's he's had a lot of volume in his his uh college and nfl career so it is i think it's smart to at least have some depth behind him yeah, so for me, um, the big thing with uh, with that is I like Sean's point about Tampa. Would you give up a second round um, a second round pick for Lindsay if you're Tampa? No, uh, I give up a fifth or fourth round pick for him. I think I don't think you get him for that. That's just how disposable running backs are. Like, oh yeah, you want me to give up more than a fifth or fourth when I can take Eno Benjamin in the fourth round of this draft? That's true. That's true. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, my love for, for Lindsay is very, very deep. and I, it they lo- He's a fan favorite out there. He is a grinder. Yep. He is a, he is a local he, kid, um, too. Yeah. Local, exactly. He beat out, yep. he beat out Freeman for more touches after Freeman had the draft capital. Um, yep. So I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Freeman got, I mean, uh, not Freeman. I wouldn't be surprised if Lindsay still had a decent role going forward. Well, that's the thing, though, is like with, with the draft cap we put on Freeman, too, it makes more sense to move him then, too. But it just seems like Freeman made the better compliment to Gordon in my mind, you know? And Lindsay seemed like the odd man out to get moved. So for me, if I'm in a situation with I'm Tampa where I have a 42-year-old quarterback who I just put all this money into, I'll move some draft capital for a guy that I know what he's capable of producing. With rookies, they're still the unknown, you know what I mean? And I totally agree that like running backs are, you know, replaceable and you can find him in the draft and all that i get it but i think that Lindsay is a proven player and i think that a good offense could benefit from him if they were able to make move the capital to get him all right so you guys want to get into the chiefs yes okay there's not much to say zero cap space they restructure walk-ins so the wizard king sticks around um now, I think the running back situation is the, the big part then. So, um, Dave, because you said yes. What are your thoughts on the running back situation? I mean, it's a dream landing spot for a running back in this draft. Like a Cly- I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just oozes Kansas City. Um, but the thing is, is if 
when you're a championship contender, you need to be smart where you're investing your resources. You need to invest in the important positions like defensive line, cornerback. You know, there's a lot of things as your players start getting um, these these players that helped you win championships, they start getting higher contracts. You need to make sure you're turning your roster over and running back isn't as, as a priority. So I think Damian Williams is still the player to own here. Um, you know, it's just a health issue with him, but when he's been healthy, he's been getting the work. Um, but oh, just that, that, that position. I mean, I'm not, I'm not investing in that before the draft just because of how tantalizing that position is for any running back. Even if they draft a guy in the fifth or sixth round again, like, on Darwin Thompson's level, that you're going to see a spike in value there. Yep. I mean, I actually kind of like I actually traded for Darwin Thompson in a week, and I did it in a Debbie week where I moved a few picks, and um, I like Darwin Thompson just as like a stash because I don't think they need to draft a running back. I think Damian Williams is more than serviceable in that role. I think they bring in a vet for like a min contract, but um. Yeah, I like I agree with Dave. I think you go draft in other areas that are more important, because um, you can fill that easily. And I I actually think Damian Williams is a perfect fit for that offense. So, um, Sean, thoughts on the running back situation? I think it's very fluid. Um, it's not something I think I'd want to buy into. If I already yeah. had the pieces, I think I'd be comfortable sticking. But Williams is a good fit. You know, he's another classic example of the Adam Gase effect, but he's hurt all the time. He seems to be easily replaceable. You know, they weren't even sure they were going to him after they cut uh, Kareem Hunt. It was him. It was the other Williams getting some work. Then all of a sudden Spencer Ware's back in the mix a little bit. They go and they draft Darwin Thompson. So I think I wouldn't really be willing to commit to him because it doesn't seem like the Chiefs are. Yeah. If somebody can land there, that would be a dream spot, like you guys said. But I think what could also be interesting is them bringing in Devonta Freeman. You know, the Sammy Watkins move for yeah. some cats. That makes space. way too much sense, Sean. Wait, made way too much sense. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be a really good one. But I think, you know, he's still out there. Gurley signed for five, which means you could probably land Freeman for two, two and a half yeah. tops. Um, With an option or something? Yeah, yeah. and I think every day, that, every day that goes by, he just gets cheaper. Yeah, you know, if you get to the day before the draft and nobody's touching, you might be able to swoop in there and get them for peanuts. So I'm gonna throw out a couple of players and just say, like, what would this do to their draft value? Let's say Keyshawn Vaughn gets picked by the Chiefs. Where do you see him landing in drafts? Early, early, early second, second round pick. Early second, like mid, like two hundred five. Wow, I would actually probably be higher just for me and catch the yeah, two, uh, 202 to 205, I think. I mean, yeah. it depends. Like, if he's, say if he's like the RB7, yeah. like. Okay. Sean? Yeah, I'd say around there because I think, you know, as sexy as that landing spot is, you're not going to overcome the big four or five running backs okay. in this draft. And then likewise with the, you know, the couple of receivers that are real hot. Yeah, but I like I like Vaughn, but the thing is, too, he's a little bit of an older prospect, which doesn't really do great for RBs. Yeah. Um, but that being said, he doesn't necessarily project as a bell cow guy, right? Yeah. He's like a like that's a another that actually would kind of muddy that situation. Like, oh my god, now who am I starting this week? Am I starting Williams or am I starting yeah. uh, Thompson? Am I starting uh, Vaughn? That's a, I I would love just a clean, just a something nice and clean and sexy. He's I mean he he's been super productive in college. He's he's a he's a phenomenal athlete. He's just a good guy to throw out because he's not he's not at that value without that landing spot, you know. And, like, what about, like, I don't know, like, Antonio Gibson? He's a guy who's been getting a lot of, like, burn when it's been talking about, like, his athletic profile, you know? And for me, when I ever think of a Chiefs, I think of speed, you know what I mean? So, like, Antonio Gibson to me, like, I think that that's a guy who's a flyer in the third. But that's the kind of landing spot that moves you up, like, a whole round is what i David Johnson reincarnated. That's what he is. And that's not a that's that's not a bad thing to be for the beginning part of your career. No, I'm just saying that's. I think that like could yeah. you imagine that just the that. Yeah. I bet he'd be going. I bet Antonio Gibson if he goes to the Chiefs, I could see him being a 201, 202. Like I think Antonio Gibson the Chiefs is sexier than Keyshawn Vaughn the Chiefs. Yeah, that's fair, Sean. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, I think that falls up. I think that was the same thing that happened to Darwin Thompson last year. You know, yeah, it didn't, it didn't necessarily pan out, but. 
yeah. he got a little bit of buzz coming out of Utah, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, snap, he's in Kansas City. Now we have to talk about this guy. That's actually kind of why I'm investing in him now, because I kind of feel like you you just can't write him off after a rookie year like that. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I think they invest in other areas. But So, gents, anything else we want to add before we sign off? Follow Sammy Watkins on Twitter. It's amazing. Yes, thank you for that tip. I am now following him on Twitter. David, uh, yeah, anything else? Yeah, you should else? go check out February 26th. <laughs> that was a weird day. Um, no, this is it. This was a. I liked how, how uh, we attacked this. This was a really informative discussion. Yeah, I had a good time. So, um, gentlemen, you can find me at FF underscore Banterman on Twitter. I also am writing for the Dynasty Football Digest. You can go look out my stuff there from myself, the other wonderful writers, and the guys at the IDP guys. Sean, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, I am at FF underscore Walrus on Twitter and over at Dynasty Factory Football. I'm also currently moonlighting as a 504 coordinator. Don't worry, Dave. We'll be updating those accommodations as needed and getting all you all the support you need in your fantasy journey. To hopefully get a championship. I love it. I'm like that you're trying to help the people, Sean. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's part of the gig is giving back. David, where can they find you? So we'll start off the net podcast with about this five, what this 504 chatter is all about. But yeah, anyway, you can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter. And I am can be writing over at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And yeah, check me out. All right. Until next time, keep Travis Kelsey. You really wouldn't take Travis Kelsey for Mark Andrews. I wouldn't either. I no, think Mark I Andrews. So. You guys are haters. No, because I'd, I'd rather buy into the upside of Andrews than Chase Kelsey. I'll, I'll just keep getting championships. 